Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of the Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. Today, we get to sit down with Pastor Sam Fink. Sam, welcome. Hey, Justin. Hey, where in the world are you today, Sam? I am in my office at uh, St. John's Lutheran Church in Orchard Park, New York, which is a little suburb of Buffalo, just south of Buffalo, New York. And how's the weather in Buffalo, New York today? Um, it's calm, which must mean there's a storm coming. There's a, <laughs> no, it'll be, it, it is actually, it's kind of a, it's kind of nice today, a little gray, but it'll be snowing and, and raining in the, for the week coming. Yeah. So, so we're recording just right before Thanksgiving. Have you guys had snow out there yet? We have. Yep. We have. Mm. We, uh, my, my 15 month old got all dressed up, went outside, fell, fell down in the snow and came back in, you know, the way, <laughs> the way. <laughs> The way she should. Good, good. Well, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about sermons and preaching, and and especially this blog. That there's a blog series, but the first one in particular talks about the difference between imagining your sermon as like a Sunday buffet, and and as more of a like a, a weekly meal plan where you break it up into several different uh, bite-sized pieces. And even get it out into different uh, communication cultures. So would you give me just a little idea of what your preaching ministry is like there at St. John? Sure. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm on a team of preachers. Uh, I'm a, the associate pastor here. of a senior pastor. We also have another um, pastor who uh, focuses mostly on older, older adult ministry. So we preach in a team. Um, and it has looked different ways in the time I've been here. I was here as a vicar before coming uh, back about a year and a half ago, uh, as, as a pastor. And so it's looked different ways at different times. Uh, right now we're actually kind of working on this. It's, this is all well time for us. We're working on, uh, trying to, trying to kind of ask the question, what would it look like to be more, I'm going to use the word comprehensive in, uh, what we're bringing throughout the week. But, uh, the simple way to describe what we do is we work together in the, the, uh, defining what we think a good season of discipleship would be to, to hit next, you know, or maybe several out, whatever that means. Uh, and then we will kind of continue to, to go down level by level. So maybe we start with a big theme because we see a, we see a felt need or because God's word is speaking us to us in that way. And we do that as a team. Then we move closer uh, by asking, okay, week to week, what would be good ways to talk about these things? Do we want to go, you know, in a, in a, in a way that is kind of builds on it itself, or is it better to look at these things more one of it at a time, which I know is something on your mind as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we down to, down to with, even within that week, we'll usually start throwing together God's word, uh, throwing God's word to, at each other together in a way, you know, <laughs> uh, and seeing what sticks to each other, you know, and then we kind of end up preaching little tiny sermons to each other to see how, not, you know, not well planned out, but in our planning meetings, I'll, you know, I'll yeah. bring up God's word and say, this is what I see it doing here. Does that, does that do what we feel God is doing with this, this thing, in, at, you know, yeah. in general? And so then, yeah. uh, and then so preaching wise, that, that's kind of what forms a Sunday. And then at our church, uh, the person who is kind of taking the lead that Sunday will communicate this, where we're going to the rest of what we call program staff, mm-hmm. which is, preaching pastors as well as our uh, um, director of uh, worship ministries um, and our youth director and our children's ministry director. And we'll kind of give them that. We do a lot of this planning together, but we kind of set that that, uh, goal of kind of of trying to talk through this thing. We'll tell them what kind of the, the main text is for the week. Maybe mm-hmm. even 
maybe even very often there's even a single verse or a single movement in that text that's really kind of what we have in our gut. Yeah. And then uh, from there, we kind of supplement our preaching by putting out daily devotions that are uh, all right now they're all videos. Uh, but each of us in the program staff will put together a, a devotion for a day of the week uh, within that same kind of movement, uh, often using a different text, um, but getting at the same kind of focus. So Yeah, yeah. Great. Thank, thanks for that description. It, it sounds to me like you guys have been experimenting with some things. I, I don't think this is where you were a year and a half ago or even when you were in Vicarage. And, right. and it sounds like some of these have been responses to what you've experienced in COVID. Kind of my, my theory is is that there's been a, a shift happening in our communication culture and in our patterns of things like worship attendance. That's been going on for probably a decade or two. And COVID just really kind of threw it over the cliff. Like all the, all the kind of... Uh, all of the trends just got a lot starker. We we just kind of nosed down, and yeah. uh, where where our weekly worship attendance had been trailing off slowly, or I like to say even our most regular members would start missing a, a week or two a month. And I remember twenty years ago, a, a regular member meant you were there four or five Sundays a month, not three Sundays a month. Yeah. Uh, and then COVID and online and all that kind of crazy stuff. So what are some of the things you've been experiencing in your preaching ministry as a result of COVID? And, and how has that shaped how you've been doing what you're doing right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we, like everyone else or most other people, ended up in a place where we weren't preaching to humans <laughs> face-to-face <laughs> right. at all anymore for a little while, you know. And uh, we kind of, um, you know, we even we're fasting from the Lord's supper as a church, you know, and that Mm -hmm. was, we we really were just, we were, you know, screen people only. And from week one, it was kind of awesome in the sense that, uh, Nate, my, uh, brother pastor here, that senior, and I, you know, we would, we were worshiping at home with our families, which is, you know, I know Mm. you've, you've been doing the same thing, but that's a weird thing to be doing. And, uh, so, but then we got to share in the experience of the, you know, Joe parishioner, uh, yeah, yeah. in a way that we had never been able to do before. Um, so I was able to say, gosh, I got really boring there for a while. You know, I, <laughs> uh, you know, like even I wasn't listening and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I wrote this or, uh, in my house, I have, we have four kids who are seven and under, um, Mm. Uh, we had four kids at the beginning who were six and under and, uh, <laughs> but Abel who was two and is now three, uh, had even less interest in living room church than he does in sanctuary church, which is yeah. a low amount of interest, let me tell you. Uh, but he also uh, was unwilling to, you know, go somewhere else in the house, even when he was given permission to. So, uh, <laughs> uh, which was a last ditch effort and didn't even work. So we, mm. you know, we just, so we, we found out there that, you know, you would think that the living room might be a place where I'd hear more of the sermon. And yeah. I'm actually hearing less yeah. uh, in, our, in our house anyway. And my, my wife you know, kind of confirms that, um, Kelsey does. So we were, wow, okay. So the first thing I thought was a 19-minute sermon is not the best option for at least hmm. some of our people. Uh, yeah. that, and that was, I think, the very first thing we really changed about our preaching was to start shooting for more like 9 to, uh, to 11 minutes. Hmm. Uh, 
and that was kind of what the, the thought was, you, uh, and anyone who's a preacher knows this, if we shoot for 9 to 11, we'll be safely in the 12 to 15 range. <laughs> right, uh, right, 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 right. At least there yeah. we've cut off some time. And yeah. we started doing that, and it felt a little pretty weird. Um, we had to make choices about what was in and what was out. Yeah. And uh, it felt pretty weird because at the end of our service, we'd only 35 minutes had lapsed. You know, something yeah. like that, which felt just wacky. Uh, and yet it, it seemed to work the best, you know, and mm. Um, mm. we then we started to see kind of numbers going down and who was watching, how many people were watching, things like that, which we found out which we thought maybe this isn't good. But we found out a lot of people were seeing that as well. So probably not related um, yeah. to our you know move there. But. Well, I think that's so again, I think there are things we're dealing with preaching in general and they just come to a head in COVID. So you have to, we, we could talk about sermon length and attention span in general, but but now you've got, as you said, the family with four kids under seven sitting on the living room floor. That adds a new dynamic that, that we didn't have before. I, we did, it was just in a different way. So you're actually following one of the things I suggested in that first part of the blog series was that you, you take your sermon and instead of thinking it is a Sunday buffet, uh, you, you kind of you, you begin to imagine not uh, only taking things out of the sermon, but taking things out of the sermon and putting it in other communication streams. Right. So uh, one of the paragraphs in the blog says, "Don't think of this as downsizing your sermon. Think of it as expanding your sermon into other communication channels. Set yep. goals to have at least one thing people can watch, one thing people can read, and one thing people can listen to during the week. Cut the time you spend on preaching on Sunday in half." And take that extra content and push your delivery method into modes outside of listening to the sermon, whether that's live or online. Mm -hmm. Now, cutting your sermon by half is a pretty big statement. I'm not sure even I believe that. But <laughs> I think the, the point is, uh, it's always been true for me as a preacher that the hardest thing to do in preaching is to cut something good. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you've worked hard on it. You've done research on it. Maybe it doesn't quite fit the, the theme or doesn't quite fit the structure of, of your sermon or your argument, uh, but you, you got to cut this thing. And I've got a file. Uh, in fact, I do this when I'm writing books too. I've got, I create a secondary file, you know, things that I cut from the book Delight. And I cut it and I paste it in there and then it feels like I, I don't think I've ever gone back and used any of that. But it, it's nice to know that it's not gone forever and it allows me to cut a little bit more. But, but in what ways have you then taken these good things that belonged in your 19-minute sermon but don't fit in your 12-minute sermon, have you used those then in those daily devotions? Were those daily devotions also a new addition as you cut the sermon down, or, or how did that work for right, you guys? Right, yeah, that, so we grew into that. Uh, we cut it and then spent months wondering what to do next, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, we kind of naturally moved into this. Well, we were doing some daily devotions, but we weren't, they weren't, they were somewhat disjointed, you know, uh, we were kind of, um, as you, as you say at another place, paddling in different directions, uh, yes, you know, yes. uh, at that point. And, um, it just kind of, uh, grew into a place where we, we realized for a lot of different reasons, preaching was a big one of them, but it would be good for us to be doing a little more teamwork, uh, you know, when it came to kind of our ministry planning and that the first place we went with that was that the content that we're cutting, you know, so to speak, or the content that we're even maybe just the content we're using for Sunday could, uh, point us in a lot more, you know, good directions in these daily devotions. And, uh, that's the first, so that's the first place we went with it. And, and frankly, right now it's almost the only place we've gone with it. Mm -hmm. We have some mm -hmm. ideas. Um, we've, uh, we have some ideas about where we can go, but just 
so far we've seen some awesome, awesome things. One, one of the things is we're, we're blessed with several people doing it and, mm. and different, you know, with different members on our staff. So the pastors do a few and so do other staff members who have kind of gone through the planning process with us. And I know that there are certain people who like to hear things from one person and who might not <laughs> even click on a video from another, you know, and, yeah. uh, we are, that's okay. You know, and, uh, and it's become, a blessing for us that some people just click with a certain speaker, you know, or a certain method. So yes. and that's one of the reasons I, I, I'd like to move to, as you actually mentioned, the other two places I think that we need to go next. And one is something they can listen to. A podcast is a good way to do it, but maybe, mm -hmm. maybe we're just putting out an audio file even to get started. Uh, that sure. is a, uh, a, a daily audio devotion that they can listen to on the way home from work. And, mm -hmm. um, so that's a, an idea. Something written is, is another place we want to go. And then one even fourth I, I want is more uh, discussion-based. Something, mm -hmm. something discussion-based is something I think is a place I'd like to move as well. Well, I'd like to brainstorm some of those things you could do, those different media channels uh, with you a little bit. But, yeah. but before we do that, uh, let me just talk, uh, uh, double-click on a couple of things you said. One is I think uh, the our own imagination as preachers, both of the sermon and, and that moment where we have people's attention, and then of the preaching office. Both of those things can kind of get in the way of making this kind of shift that we're talking about. So on the one hand, one big barrier to delivering shorter sermons as a preacher can be the fear that you've only got like this one chance to say everything, right? So, yeah. uh, you, you know, you've got them for Sunday and, and hopefully they're watching online. And if they're watching online, at least they're listening to you. And so you've got the floor. And so it's hard to not use all the time you possibly can. I've got a captive audience and and I'm going to give them everything. I, I almost feel panic because I know they might miss next week. So now instead of cutting my sermon back, I want to make it twice as long because I got to get, you know, they're only coming twice a month. I got to get, I got to double my sermon time. So they have is the same amount of content. Yes. And, and I think ironically, um, one of the big barriers to engaging sermons as a hearer is having that one single long experience at one time zone on that one Facebook page or YouTube channel in that sanctuary. If you only have that one single rather lengthy experience, that's hard to digest in one sitting. Yep. But but if you can um, serve the sermon in those smaller bite size multiple media channels, you're going to get better results. It's going to be easier for people to hear, and and you're going to get more engagement. So you might miss the Sunday, but pick up on I don't know what two of the five daily devotions. Okay, but but if they're all kind of pointing towards the same proclamation of the word, uh, you've you've really you've expanded the number of times you can bump into it. And I think that expands the sermon into your week rather than shrinking the sermon on Sunday. Yep. So let me stop there and, and ask, you've been kind of, I, I've heard you nodding and giving me your amens in the spirit here while I've been talking, but uh, it, it, does that resonate with what you've experienced? Oh, absolutely. I think this is where the, the, the metaphor of the meal plan really kind of like takes off. This, it makes, it makes a lot more sense to me here. Um, just a case in point, I had a plan for a daily devotion today. And, uh, I was going to send it in a video and I hadn't made the video yet. And then something else came up. Uh, we, <laughs> we were actually, we were decorating the sanctuary for Christmas, which is a little bit early, but it, it worked best today. And we are going to forgive, ask for forgiveness for, you know, during our Thanksgiving service and say, and everyone will forgive us and it'll be okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so we were doing this and, you know, we were kind of talking the whole time about, is this even worth it? 
are we even going to be having Christmas services? And, uh, and I kind of just started having thoughts about Luther and his statements about, you know, if I knew the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my, my tree, you know, kind of yeah, yeah. vocational thoughts. And I thought, you know, maybe, maybe God's word on vocation is a good place to go today. And so mm-hmm. the, the, the idea I had for my devotion is going, to, I can use it in one of my other places this week. Uh, oh, so, right. uh, so my, I was going to use it in a video of devotion. I think actually it'll work really well with something I was developing for another service uh, uh, in person later yeah. this week, and uh, and so I get to think almost like you would with your meal plan, right? I need to I need these nutrients today, uh, and. Uh, if I don't have a salad at lunch, I should have one at dinner. You know, you might yeah, think that good. way, right? And uh, I was kind of able to do something much like that. Uh, I want to use this component. I think it would really help my people. I think it's a, God's words will speak to us. But it might be even better to use this other one first uh, and then to use that one next. Uh, not because they're necessarily even, you know, dependent on each other. But just uh, today it makes a lot more sense to talk about Christmas decorations because that's, yeah. what, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's what we're doing, yeah. No, that, that's that's great, Sam. That's there. It allows a certain amount of flexibility too. So if you've if you've only got one shot and you have to say everything you possibly can, at some point you will also wear out. So you can't you can't preach for three hours and expect people to. So so at some point there's a limit. Yep. But if you've got these smaller bite sized pieces, you have some flexibility. And you could use that on your Tuesday devotion, or or maybe actually I'm going to use that on Wednesday night uh, Thanksgiving Eve service live, or maybe that'll go into my end of the year uh letter uh with uh, along with kind of your giving statements for your taxes or, or whatever but you've got whatever communication channel you have you can take these pieces uh, of of content these the, the proclamation of the word and put it in different media channels yes that's really right. good oh well, i would just um, add uh, uh, another thing because we do a lot of this in teamwork here uh being a team staff uh, sometimes somebody else has just the thing that you needed <laughs> um, yeah. to kind of round out what you're doing, right? And so, th- uh, because we plan our meals, so to speak, together, uh, it might be that I I needed to go a different way. Uh, but I don't saying goodbye to it for my devotion today doesn't mean that's the end of that. That has to be the end of it, even for right. our our church this week. It could even go through the mouth of someone else, which would be wonderful yeah. if, if that's what works there. Yeah, and that picks up both on the idea that you never lose any good content then. You can just repurpose it. And it also gets at, at the thought that when you put the, the word in the mouths of other people too, when you extend that, uh, you're not doing a disservice to the the office of the of preaching. That's the, the office of the word and the proclamation of the word still belongs to the office of pastor. Mm-hmm. But just like, I don't know, like, um, I don't know, I think of a coach. There are actual professional coaches that have a vocation of coaching and they coach people in their careers and in their personal mm-hmm. life. And I don't think everybody has the vocation of being a coach. I think everybody is called to help the person in their life next to them take a small next step following Jesus. And there's a kind of coaching that goes into that. And you can do that better and worse. And it doesn't have to be your full-time job, but but part of your calling as a follower of Jesus is to help somebody else follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in the same way, not everybody in a congregation is in the office of preacher and everybody is called to a ministry of the word where the, the, it's what Luther called the mutual consolation of the saints. And, and our theology is great on this. We, we believe that it's the same Jesus present in the word, whether it's your kid forgiving you your sins at home or uh, your wife 
telling you about a devotion she read or the preacher on Sunday morning proclaiming from the pulpit. They're, they're not all the same office, but it's the same word and therefore the same Jesus. So to hear you say that sermon, that, 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 that content gets put on the lips of other staff people. And then as we begin to imagine, you know, there have been uh, multiple congregations where we've recruited people like uh, first Sunday of the month, third Sunday of the month, like their job was to come to worship as if they were going to hear something important that that Jesus had for them. Like we're supposed to do that all the time, right? But yeah, but right. on the first Sunday of the month, that's what they always did. And then they would take notes and they would turn that, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday, that would turn into a blog where you had a grandma or a mom or, 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 or a dad working the night shift or a truck driver. One of my favorite... One of my favorite kind of sermon moments wasn't the sermon. It was the conversation I had with a guy that drove trucks uh, about the sermon, and that got captured and put out on a blog. And now you've got not, not just the pastor's official take on God's word for this week, but the people are living it out together. And to me, that just that turns the word loose in the lives of our people, and that gets me excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tend to, I, I probably mentioned this to you at another time in our lives, but I like to think sometimes, what would this look like in a 40-person church in Corinth? Mm. Uh, you know, just imagine, you know, and um, if uh, if the Word of God is moving a, a congregation of 40, they're probably just going to be talking about it with each other a lot, you know, if, mm-hmm. it's, uh, if it's really, if the pastor exhorted something this week and proclaim this thing to us and we're thinking about it, we're probably going to be thinking about it while we're putting together the potluck tonight, you know, and we'll probably be thinking about it when we're over at, you know, somebody's house helping them later this week. And, you know, you just, when we think of that small community, it can help us to see, you know, what it could look like in a larger community even as well. So uh, the idea that the people of God would together be talking about the word of God that's been coming to us just kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think we can then take that into this imagining the sermon as a meal plan during the week and putting it in different communication channels. I, I know one of the challenges is kind of uh, old dog, new trick syndrome. I, I asked my dad, who's a retired preacher, uh, about this uh, on one of the other podcasts. And uh, I asked him, is it even reasonable to, to ask a pastor who's been out of the seminary for 30 or 35 years to think about getting the sermon into different communication channels? Uh, and he said, it's actually a great way to recognize that that no single pastor has every gift that the body needs. So it, the pastor doesn't necessarily have to n- love Facebook or know how to do Twitter or have an Instagram ac- account or even know how to do a podcast or a Facebook live video. If, if you've got people in those different communication environments, uh, you invite them into that process, which is another way for that that kind of office of preaching to be spread to the shared ministry of the word. And, and so I was wondering, Sam, if we could just kind of talk a little bit about some of the things you've seen or some of the things you'd like to try when it comes to things that you could uh, read, things that you could listen to, things that you could watch. And as you added a fourth one, things that you might be able to discuss, what are some ways we could put content into the lives of the people during the week? What are some different communication channels, do you think? Yeah. So uh, I'll just kind of give you a bunch of things we've thought of here. And uh, mm-hmm. it, we've done a little bit of a, of some of these, uh, but some of them uh, we're, we'd like to get to really soon in a more thorough way. Uh, one thing is I cannot even remember who the pastors are who or is who is doing this. But I saw somebody who's putting out a, on Mondays, he does a sermon b-sides uh is what he called it <laughs> and uh and it's really this it's kind of the stuff that didn't make it into his sermon is the yeah, way he talks yeah. about it and uh it's just this really beautiful kind of sincere video of the stuff i you know 
other stuff that God's word was doing here that just didn't work yesterday, you know, <laughs> or, so or that's, that's a great, that's a great concept. And I think that could go in several of those categories. So you could put that out as a video. You could put that out as an audio. You could put that out as, I mean, you could, you could actually snail mail that on Monday in a letter that people would get by Thursday and it continues the conversation. So that's, that's right. a great idea that could go in different communication channels. What else you got? Yep. So in our case, we've, we've also been talking about a pastor's podcast, um, mm-hmm. not designed to be anything other than, you know, listened to by maybe a hundred of our families, if that's what it yeah. is, or 20 of our families, if that's what it is, but just uh, the two of us sitting down. And, and I, I think the, the best, what we would have in kind of in our mind there would be the two of us talking about of how the word is working on us, you know, either in preparation for, uh, you know, where we're going in worship or after, uh, not sure which we think would work better there, but a nice, sincere conversation about how the word is doing its work on us uh, at the, that we've been talking about, we think could go a long way. Yeah, that's um, cool. I, I like that. I've had that kind of relationship in, in team ministry too, where debriefing the sermon with your friend who also happens to be a fellow pastor or another staff member, that could turn into a really cool, you know, 20 minute conversation. It wouldn't have to be hard and you could get that out in, into another communication stream. Yeah. What, what, I, what else? I, I, just to follow up on that yeah. as an example, I've been, I, I, I've mentioned to uh, my uh, partner pastor here, but others too, that I, one of the temptations I've been dealing with in COVID is to think that uh, COVID is winning <laughs> against, mm. the, against the church. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it, you know, there are some things that are kind of good for me to walk through with my other accountability partners more privately in my, my life, but probably that would be one that would be okay to tell my people, you know, yeah. uh, this is a thing I, I, this is a thing that I, God's word keeps reminding me that this is not true, uh, but this is a place where Satan's kind of getting at me, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. that could be a really healthy and beautiful way to kind of follow up on what we've been talking through. So, yeah, um, that's cool. Uh, you know, another thing is I, I started a series of um, uh, Zoom meetings on Thursday nights, uh, which we called Theology Thursdays. And uh, we, it was just, uh, I would lead about 20 of our people. That's about how many would get on. It's between 10 and 30. Um, through a conversation, usually topical, uh, usually the hot button topics were really co- uh, really well attended and the less hot button topics uh, were less well attended. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. To, to get into more like the theological concepts of, uh, of what we've gotten into in a more... Um, maybe even academic way. Uh, this is, this would be the place where I would be opening my book of Concord, for example, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. for those of us in the Lutheran tr- tradition who I'm opening more theological books for people who are a little bit more interested in that. And, uh, that seemed to work pretty well. You know, it, it spurred conversation and consolation. I think, uh, at least in that group it did, but I think even outside of it, it gave people an opportunity to say, Oh, this has me thinking, you know, uh, this, how this affects my 12 year old daughter and things like that. Yeah. And I wonder if, if somebody in that group could be uh, kind of tap them on the shoulder and say, Hey, would you write up a summary and then your further thoughts on that? And could we get that out on our webpage or um, in our yeah. newsletter? Or could you record that zoom meeting and put it out in your church's podcast? If you have a podcast, or maybe there's a church member that has a podcast that w- could help you set that up and record that and put it out. Yeah. So yep. all those are, all those are possible. Zoom. Everybody seems to know Zoom now, so that's cool. Yeah, that's right. And I, you know, I, I would probably do those um, depending on what's happening. You know, I would usually do them not in a, like the webinar format, but mm-hmm. more like just really all the faces on the screen talking yeah, yeah, to each yeah. other. Absolutely. But uh, there are a few things I'm planning to do, kind of in a webinar. For I've got a friend who has done a lot of research on singleness 
uh, in the church as a vocation. And hmm. uh, I think I'll probably do a webinar with him. But also we're talk we're kind of looking at doing maybe a series on uh, women in the church. And I've thought maybe those two things could work together. We could you know kind of start talking through you know different vocations in that sense. And so it, that could be a place where we. Uh, you know, add to the sermon in a sense by yeah. doing, doing some other things that fit. Uh, as, as for a written uh, word, this is probably the place where I have the biggest, uh, the biggest question mark in my mind comes into where do we start writing and mm. what's the best way to do it? We have a few, um, an elder and a couple other people who have uh, given us some content, which has been really good. Uh, the aligning it with where we are in our season of discipleship, that is our sermon series, uh, Mm -hmm. is a step we're not quite sure, you know, what the best way for us to do that is or how that should look. Uh, We, in the past, would always kind of write our a monthly kind of letter that would tell the church kind of where we were headed. Uh, We're not doing that right now for a bunch of reasons, but uh, Mm -hmm. maybe that's a thing to bring back, but more like weekly, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, that's kind of a place we are working through some stuff too. Well, and that could be an email. Uh, those could be, email, you know, so yeah. here's a paragraph that didn't make it into the sermon, but it goes out in the email on Tuesday. Or uh, in the past when I've seen that work, like, like I said before, is actually a recruitment process. You've, you've found people that kind of can write, and then you ask them specifically, here's three or four questions. I'd like you to listen to the sermon, think about these questions, and give me something by Tuesday night. Uh, that helps align it to a theme. Um and, and in, in that process, when you're thinking about kind of blogging as the church and for the church, we found that if you've got one person who has the job of kind of tapping people on the shoulder and following up with them, that's really important. And then think in terms of not having any single bottleneck. This is this feels dangerous because there, there's not a, an in-depth process of doctoral review. Instead, what you have is at least one person who's got some theological acumen that's reading the stuff, but it doesn't have to cross the pastor's desk unless the person who raises a flag raises a flag. Mm-hmm. So uh, when things were working, we would have uh, seven to ten pieces, seven to ten pieces of content coming uh, out of our congregation during the week, and I never was able to read all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. I never had to, everybody knew we could pull something down if we had to, but we had it set up in such a way that the pastor's desk was, was not the battle, bottleneck for the webpage. Um, and we were, we were getting our worship attendance on a weekend every couple of days uh, on our webpage when, when things were hmm. up and running. So that yeah. can be a, a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've wondered about doing things like a, a brief uh, Facebook live video with the pastor where it's not the pastor's job. You've got a, a maybe an elder that says, hey, pastor, I wanted to ask you one question about your sermon, blah, and that's kind of on the way out of worship. Of course, that's only if you're able to worship online. I mean, uh, in person. Um, or what What other ways, what other places? In I, I recently helped a congregation take this idea of, of taking worship into your week, and we put together, they put together the sermon series, they chose the texts, but I uh, added questions for for discussion during the week, and I had kind of, based on the readings they had chosen, I had specific readings for each day of the week and, and discussion questions for use at home or in a small group. And then I also, that we, we created a handout that you could either download and print as a PDF at home if you wanted it a hard copy, or they handed them out in worship because they still had some people at that point uh, coming to live worship. 
and then during the week, I think I created five different uh, social media graphics that went out on Instagram and on Facebook that had either the, a Bible verse or one of the questions with an image. Mm-hmm. And that was another way kind of in the middle of the week, you got these questions out into your online community. That's not like the silver bullet be all end all. But what you found was people were engaging the the questions and discussion as well as the key texts and key ideas of the sermon from Sunday all the way through the rest of that week. And and that was a positive thing for that congregation. That's great. I think um, uh, we've been working on uh, being able to hand hand people a resource for conversation during during the week as well. And I think uh, a question I've got about that is what's, what is the challenge that comes along with the resource? You know, so, uh, is this a, is this a resource? And it could look different, obviously in many different homes and that's great, but is this a, a resource for the dinner table? Is it a resource for, um, you know, do I ask you to find a, you know, uh, somebody else from the, from church that you're going to talk with on your way home from work every Thursday and you guys will talk on in the car about what we've been going through or what's a good, you know, maybe these are just ideas that are given, but what, yeah. what, what, where do we want? I think that this, this sheet, as well as in person, it, it could obviously aid, you know, personal devotional time uh, and my, yes. my kind of on my own walk. But it's really a good piece for that uh, that fifth means of grace in the in, in the mutual conversation and consolation of the saint. It's a great way to get people to talking about the promises of Jesus. And it's a good way to get people uh, into a place where they can actually kind of confess. You know, I've been really dealing with doubt about whether yeah. or not the church is going to yeah. make it through this. Yeah. Somebody can no, say, I, repent. I, <laughs> That's <right>. what I need. <laughs> it's for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Let's say I'm repent. Yeah. Um, and I think part of the key is to double dip and double dip shamelessly. So you've got a prayer that you put together that went with your sermon and you wrote it. You didn't want to just preach it ex corde. So you were, you know, you spent 20 minutes on this one prayer for after the sermon. We'll take that and put that on that sheet that you hand out so that they right. can pray the same prayer during the week. And then tweet that prayer on Wednesday and, and uh, put it on Facebook on Thursday and include it. Have If you can have a single sheet that would be useful for a family to pray that prayer at the dinner table and you had six questions so that three of them you could ask kind of anybody, including a you know fourth grader, that's great. You don't have to use, you don't have to have seven questions just for fourth graders. You can have seven questions, three of which you could ask for anybody. And then there's three or four that you probably want to reserve for another adult or someone who's helping you follow Jesus more deliberately or whatever. So uh, just put it in a bunch of different places as much as you can. Give people, give people freedom to experiment and explore and kind of see what happens. That's that, To me, that sounds exciting. Yeah. That, that double dipping is something we experienced in our, our we incorporated children's ministry into kind of this trying to bring it all into one meal plan thing as well. Uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of a dream, right? I think for a lot of churches, it would be awesome if on the way home from church, uh, Johnny and mommy and daddy all had learned about the same thing today, you know, in their Sunday yeah. school classes. And we got to do a little bit of that because of COVID. Uh, yeah. we, couldn't, we couldn't do Sunday school on Sunday mornings anymore. Uh, we just could not uh, keep people distanced. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we made the decision to do something on Wednesdays uh, in the sanctuary where we could keep people distance and we saw many fewer people, but we would do the same content and it, uh, but content, you know, for the kids. Yeah. And uh, we got to double dip a lot that way, but it was a great thing. Yeah, no, that's really good. That's really good. And I think, I think 
the theme you alluded to that earlier and and this kind of I like your language of disciple discipleship season uh, even if you have a, a children's ministry where you know your your junior high youth are going through uh, heroes of the Bible and your senior high youth are going through the parables of Jesus, I mean it's hard to align those, right? Mm-hmm. But if you if you know which discipleship season you're in, what the the theme is that we're trying to get into everybody's hands this week, then it doesn't really matter whether you're reading the parables or you're looking at heroes of the faith. You're still looking for those themes in those contexts. So as long as your questions and discussions and conversation is centered around the theme, your junior high student and your senior high student can both pipe in, can can engage because they talked about the theme even though they didn't talk about the same exact Bible verse. Yeah. So I think that... Uh, that, that, that's, that that's that's so right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm even remembering that this kind of all started with the idea of a prayer. What if we had hmm. one prayer that we had for the week or for the month or for the yes. season or whatever, whatever, however you want to do that. But I think for us, it actually started with the idea of a prayer. And so what that, I don't really care if that Bible class is doing something different right now. We're not quite organized enough to all be on the same page. So, but what if I could just hand them a prayer right. and, and, and they prayed at the end of their Bible class, the same thing I prayed at the end of my, you know, uh, theology Thursday in the end, somebody yeah. else did at the end of their, their children's program. What if it just started there? And uh, we could see, and this kind of reminds me of, I think pastors are often this, people are this way in general. When we have an idea or a metaphor or something kind of in our gut or in our mind, it, it becomes that hammer that, uh, you know, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. that, and that, it's kind of an awesome thing that, that idea or that, that's that promise of Jesus or that thing that I'm holding on to from scripture, it becomes applicable it everywhere. Right. And I'm bringing it up all yeah. the time and I'm telling you, Oh, that's just like this thing, you know? And they say, yeah, you told me that yesterday or, or whatever. Well, okay. But this is what God's doing with me right now. Kind of, kind of thing. And, uh, if we could share that thing that's yes. in our gut, if we could all, or at least many of us have the same thing in our gut, because it's just kind of there, then it does work with the parables or the miracles or the, you know, uh, bad guys of the old Testament here. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 It works because it's Jesus and his word. And uh, it's in our guts, the, the way so, so, he does that. So think about what that would mean then, because your people would get that message from several different angles during the week. And then it's not quite as important that they didn't hit every Bi- men's Bible study and that they didn't attend every youth event and that they missed two of the last three Sundays because they're still getting that prayer. If that prayer is going out in 12 different formats during the week and they're getting four of them, that's four times as powerful as if when they got the prayer just once on Sunday, even if they weren't there on Sunday. So I think that idea is great. I would I would close your your elders meetings and open your board meetings and have your women's Bible study and your men's Bible study use that prayer at the end of their doesn't matter what topic they're on. When your mops group meets, have them say that prayer, you know, have that be the thing and then expand that can kind of build on that and expand it because i think that the daily meal plan has a lot of power and if we can imagine our sermon not just as one monolithic 25 to 35 minutes where i got to say everything is my one shot this week and rather imagine that as the first and 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 main course of what is a week long meal plan i think that's got a lot of power yeah hey sam I, I, thanks I, I, for joining us today man i really appreciate it is there any closing thought or encouragement you got for preachers today yeah, so uh, I, I would say uh, one of the things we've kind of committed to in this is uh, a lot of grace uh, for ourselves, yeah. a lot of grace, though, for the people who are being brought into a new direction, uh, you know, and just mm-hmm. if um, 
if an elder says something to me in eight weeks that makes it me realize he had no idea we were doing any of this, uh, <laughs> uh, God is still good. Uh, the word is still the word. And we just, we go on, we move on to the next yeah. week, you know, and we just yeah. keep, we keep going. And so for us, we're not ready to do a lot of the things we'd like to do. And yeah. one of the main reasons I'm not ready for that is I'm not really ready to fail at all those things at once right now. Mm. Uh, but I, I can handle failing at a thing at a time, uh, you know, as we get yeah. better at it. And so yeah. that's kind of, I think that's just, when we, at the seminary, they taught us, I think, a pretty darn good definition of, of what a sermon is. And that's uh, uh, a public public proclamation of the gospel based on a text of the scripture, you know, um, centered in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the benefit of the hearer in faith and life. I think that's how we said it. And uh, that's pretty awesome, but it's pretty simple, too. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where I want to be. Uh, I want to be doing that thing, and I want to get better at it. And I want to figure out other ways to reinforce that during the week. But if that's the thing I'm doing, then at least yeah. I know I'm, I'm we're faithful at, at the core and we could get better at it as we go. So that's where we are. That's great. Thanks for that perspective. I think that attitude of, of running a small experiment that you're free to fail at, that that's uh, so huge because this is not, so many things have changed in our preaching ministry and our communication culture over the last 20, 25 years. They've been sped up by COVID and we live in a different world and it can be really overwhelming. So just try one small next step this week and see what happens. And if it gets some traction, do it again. If not, try something else. Keep running experiments on how to get the words in the hands of your people more and more. Sam, thanks so much for the conversation. God bless you and your ministry at St. John's. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. That was Pastor Sam Fink from St. John's Lutheran Church in Orchard Park, New York. And we were talking about a blog from the Next Step community called Sermons in the Age of COVID, Think Weekly Meal Plan, Not Sunday Buffet. You can check out that and other related blogs in the description of this podcast. And you'll also find a link to the Patreon page of Next Step Press. Next Step patrons help support blogs and podcasts like this one with regular monthly support. Perhaps you'd like to become a Next Step patron today. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time at Next Step Press.